Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these. Go to eleven once again. I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what's going on, man? Dude, I'm so tired, and I'm and I'm not so sick. I'm just sick enough where it's obvious I need to still go about my my life, <laughs> but I don't have the energy to do it. Yeah. Yeah, and I had a horrible day. Like not not a bad day, but like the kind of ministry day that drains you of all of your emotional and spiritual energy. And so I eleventh uh, hour kiboshed our serious slash depressing topic. Yeah, I think I think that's fair enough, though, because one of the things that you and I had talked about was trying to uh, get someone on who could speak more personally to the topic as well um and i think today i might have been able to (laughs) (laughs) oh man um but we'll we'll go ahead and we'll put that one in the bank i think i think that's a good one that we can uh come back to later so we're going to uh try to make these uh a little bit lighter um we'll see how that goes but uh you know we'll get there um, before we do that, want to go ahead and uh, shout out to Mission Aware, unless that's going to depress you even more, Zach. No, I mean, like thinking about the fact that I don't have my busts yet, it, it's only mildly depressing. It's okay. Go ahead. Okay. All right. So we're going to shout out to Mission Aware. Um, don't forget to check out missionaware.com. They've got great products out there. Definitely check out the These Go to 11 page. We've got our logo on the Yeti mugs, we've got our logo on uh, beer mugs, we've got our logo on t-shirts, journals, all sorts of great products. Check it out. And then check out all the other things they have. Um, I actually just noticed that they had some really uh, cool cigar cases there. Um, so they've got all their logo stuff and you know the Calvin quotes and Spurgeon quotes, as well as some of the other things on uh, some cigar cases that they have. So looks pretty neat. Check out missionaware.com. That's going to be on Missionalware's website tomorrow. Missionalware looks pretty neat. <laughs> and I'll have Nathan Bell. That's right. It's going to be right up there with my you know. <laughs> Dude, that was a glass-breaking situation. I didn't even think about it until like some guy got on the discussion group and was like harping on it. And then I was like... Because I thought he was talking about me, or, or I thought both, and then, and then I'm like, I don't do that. And then I was like, oh, you know what? Nathan absolutely does do that. But you're hedging against it now. I can feel you starting to say it, and you'll go, oh, man. <laughs> Problem is, all people always will have a tick when they're – because our, our minds – and our mouths are never quite in sync. You know, once in a while, you'll get in that flow, and right. you won't have any space fillers. It's a rare thing. Even when you've prepared something, there will be an ah uh, here and there. I find if I listen to my sermons every week, and over the course of a year, I might go through and then defeat three or four even new ticks. Like, it, it never just goes away. Yeah. <laughs> the only way to do it is to pick, like, amen or... Now listen, like Charles Stanley, or you know, one of these kind of, or, or, or are you tracking with me, like Maddie Chandler, like one right, of these right. kind of sanctified ums. Maybe you should just start doing that, dude. There we go. We got to come up with my sanctified um. What should it be? Uh, I think it should be uh, that kind of Tourette's. Now listen, that that Charles Stanley used to do. I think he's retired now, right? All right. Let's let's see if I can do that in this podcast. Let's see if I can course correct. And, and do, today I need that man. You keep me, you keep me engaged and alert and awake. Now listen, Zach. <laughs> a lot more force, man. Now listen, like, Zach. He always assumed that his people were nodding off. Maybe he could see that they were or something. I don't there know. you go. <laughs> he didn't have the huge spotlights beaming down on him as his church. I have uh, struggled with whether or not to try to keep certain people from falling asleep while I'm preaching. Um, I, it, occasionally at my own church, and, you know, there will be, I, I don't want to sound awful, but it's usually elderly people who maybe they didn't sleep well the night before. I don't know. Or at the mission where I preach, homeless shelter, people just choo- choose to go to sleep. Like, I have to be in this room if I want lunch, but I don't have to listen. And uh, and maybe what I should be doing is going, now listen! Or, <laughs> usually what I like to do is make eye contact with people as their eyes flutter shut. Right. And then when they when they open them up, I'm already looking them in the eye. 
That'll fix it. There you go. Because that's uncomfortable. Unfortunately, where I am, the you know, I, I really can't look anyone in the eye. I'm looking at a uh, empty chair across the way from me. <laughs> Dude, why don't you get a mirror and you just look yourself in the eye? There we go. <laughs> when no, I start really to nod off during Nathan the podcast. <laughs> oh man! All right, now listen. Um, <laughs> uh, Dude, so uh, we got uh, two topics on the table here, one that uh, you came up with, Zach, and then one that I came up with. Let's go ahead and start with yours. All right. Um, I just sent you a couple of articles that I had read today about rappers, which, I mean, if you know anything about me, you know that I'm 41 years old, white, a Baptist pastor, and a dork who still uses a Palm Pilot, so obviously (laughs) I really have kind of my, my finger on the pulse of the rap game. What's what's kind of funny is that I do like listening to rap, not as much as my son, but I do have certain people that I like. I like a lot of the, the old school rap. I like some of the the new stuff. We like the one sixteen guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I mean I I love anything from about through ninety three through like two thousand two. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in there that I that I can wax nostalgic about. Nice. But this new um, kind of phenomenon that just started here of um, kind of rediscovering uh, Jesus as a huge rap star, uh, not as a Christian rapper on a Christian label, but uh, the two articles I sent you, one was about Chance the Rapper, uh, who's, I mean, we had already kind of claimed him for a minute and then people got offended by him and disavowed him and he's not Evangelical, capital E, Um, but he had... uh, sang a song uh, very prominently, very famously, where Awesome God was integrated into it. Um, apparently, with the f- birth of his first child, he'd kind of rediscovered his Christian faith and uh, seems to me to, to be somebody who his heart is really transformed in the sense that he's uh, giving millions of dollars to help the poor and disenfranchised. He's vocally... Uh, pronouncing his faith in Christ, this kind of thing. Um, I think what freaked people out was one of two things, one being the main one, probably his, his language, like in his music. And even when he's just being interviewed, it's not anything I would let my kid listen to, um, much of the time. And people say, well, you know, where the, you you know, your heart out of your heart overflows your words. How did Jesus put the, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks is how Jesus put it. And and I think that's one topic of discussion maybe for us to talk about. The other is just the stupid thing where they're like, wait a minute. If he's a Christian, how come he's always meeting with Obama and his people? Uh, at which point I'm like, okay, yeah, this is why the American church can't have nice things. Well, um, and actually that kind of leads into the other guy uh, that you brought up to, Kanye <laughs> <right>? West. Uh, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> – the other side of the camp's like, well, if this dude's a Christian, why is he constantly meeting with Trump? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, and I don't know as much about this one. I just know here and there I've heard that Kanye's next album, I mean, this is a guy who, who's like own, like, self-designation was this sort of false Christ persona, right? Yeah. Um, and, and he's kind of disavowed that. His next album, allegedly, he says is going to be like a gospel album, um, dedicated to Jesus. He's, you know, he's a little bit out there, and mm-hmm. he's always having unpopular views and doing stuff to stir up controversy and interest. So maybe it's just all brilliant, but I don't know. It just seems to me like in an age where actual Christian label stars are saying, "No, I'm not a Christian singer. I'm not a. We're not a Christian band. I'm not a Christian rapper." Even like. I think at one point Lecrae said that. I'm not a Christian rapper. Now you have Chance the Rapper saying, well, I mean, I don't record Christian rap, but I'm a Christian rapper. Right, uh, right. It, it, it's a very interesting time. Uh, and I don't know, like, if the fact that Chance the Rapper uses language that I would punish my son harshly if I ever heard it from his lips. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, you know, some some stuff, you know, you go, well, that's that's something white people can't say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he should be punished for it, whereas there's different standards if you are part of the group you're referencing. Uh, but even apart from that, you know, he, he you know, the F words occasionally comes off his, his mouth. Um, 
and you go, well, I mean, what is, what is language? What are words, but cultural symbols to convey meaning? Mm -hmm. And so you have to say, I mean, like if I, if I say the word bloody, um, there are people in Britain, or at least there were fairly recently who would think I was cursing. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's different. There are there are words here that are really really bad that aren't bad there. Yeah. Um, and that's a very close uh, fellow culture here. Um, and so, like, I, I think the idea is, behind that is uh, these two ladies just want to stand right outside of my car and have a shouted conversation. Okay. <laughs> um, the the idea is is that if the heart is correct, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, and within the cultural context, it will be understood for for what he means, and and his heart will be visible. It gets tricky and dicey when he's using the words, not just in that small context, though, but Mm -hmm. with a national and global platform. Yeah. Um, There, it certainly, I think, would be advisable to stop and reconsider, hold on, do I, should I maybe tone it down with this stuff? Sure. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I am very ready to say, uh, I, I'm kind of done relying on, and this was the case long ago, but I'm really done relying on a quote unquote Christian music industry, which is by the way, just owned by the regular music industry right, right. Uh, in order to speak to us and and for us in order to provide music that a lot of the time is just a cheap knockoff anyway right when someone who's two guys who are say what you want about them whether or not they're your cup of tea really really talented and, yeah. and trend setting and cutting edge i mean it's chance the rapper's abilities to sing and and kind of meld rap and, and melody and different things together and, and his instrumental talents and stuff. And then, like, uh, uh, Kanye's abilities as a producer. I mean, just amazing to say, well, can it kind of be like where there's a Christian who's a Little League coach and he has a great impact on those kids who play for him? Mm-hmm. I had one of those, and... I didn't say all the words that he used in front of my mom, right. but he never said anything to me out of you know rage or anger, and he didn't use those words. I don't think to be you know a bad influence. He just laid tile all day, and so that's how he talked. Right? You know? Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really funny, interesting situation where I'm a Christian rapper, but you know probably don't play my songs for anybody under the age of fifteen, uh, mm-hmm. and. I am singing actual doctrine, but I'm not a Christian rapper. I'm a Christian who happens to be a rapper. Right. It's happening at the same time. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Well, and I, to me, the, the language thing, um, it's interesting to me because a lot of people will, will jump on that bandwagon and they'll talk about language and they'll talk about all these things. I think sometimes though, we get this weird idea that, American civilized Christianity is true Christianity. Um, and, and I think often of, of stories I hear about people coming to Christ and the, the response out of their mouth is, you know, when I came to Christ, I stopped uh, drinking, smoking, and swearing. You know, those, those are kind of the big three. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that if you're truly being convicted to stop those things. But more often than not, it was preachers coming down and condemning all of those things that, oh, in order to be a good Christian, I have to stop all these things. And again, I'm not saying there's anything good or bad, you know, in doing that. I think it depends on where where you're coming from in your level of conviction. If somebody who had been drinking their whole life but had never been a drunk – keeps drinking after they receive Christ, is there anything wrong with that? Um, you know, is there anything wrong with even the the whole language thing? And I know language is tricky because like you said, there there is the social context to it. And so what do we, what do we do with that and how do we play that? Well, if if this is someone who is truly a Christian and and God is working in their life, then maybe at some point down the road, they will stop. There will be an understanding of, you know what, I, I'm, I'm 
I'm being convicted in this and I need to really, you know, weed this out of my music and I need to weed this out of my life. Well, but, I think you just uh, dropped in a whole other thing that we should put a pin in and 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 push down. Okay. Because I, I like the the language discussion you 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 started here too. Because the the thing of can we just say maybe Chance the Rapper uh, as a 26 year old or whatever he is fairly new believer or at least newly you know kind of back into his faith mm-hmm. or Kanye as an infant Christian as someone who's like. I'm so into this, I'm going to kind of start my own worship gatherings, but hasn't really been discipled. Can we just say, all right, we'll accept them as brothers and and be gentle because they're new. Yeah. I think that's an, another issue entirely, uh, and probably both things factor in. Sure. But I mean, with the, the language thing, the, I think that when you talk about quit, quit uh, drinking, smoking, and cussing, right, is what happens when you get saved. The The... the Language thing, like instead of speaking um, out of anger or out of, uh, you know, uh, lewd talk, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing, speaking words that are um, Christ affirming and Christ honoring is a huge deal uh, yeah. that we need to be pushing toward. But again, it's a moving, I mean, what words mean? The word nice initially comes from a Latin root that means ignorant. Mm. And yet, if someone says Zach is nice, I don't get offended. Right. And when I was. 12, my son's age, if I said, uh, he's 11, I know how old my son is, but about my son's <laughs> age, if, if I said something sucks, I would get scolded big time, if not punished. Yeah. And I remember watching the Karate Kid, I had it taped on VHS off TV, and he's in the Chinese restaurant with his mom, and she says, uh, how's the karate dojo? And he goes, ah, it, and then you hear, meep, meep, because they literally beep it out with a car horn yeah uh because it was too bad to say on network tv yeah now you know the newsboys say stuff sucks uh you know the hell sucks you read there's churchmarketingsucks.com this stuff is it's not that we've compromised it's that the word has shifted meaning yes uh and and so this is the kind of thing that happens and so just like i don't think it's a bad witness anymore Mm-hmm. For someone to get saved and they still occasionally have a drink, um, maybe the people who are scandalized are the the weaker conscience people, mm-hmm. um, and and they're holding to you know it would be sin for me to say that, mm-hmm. and so that should be respected. But at the same time, I don't know which trumps whether it's the the Christian with the weaker conscience or it's the new Christian who's a babe in the faith, um. And and we really need to say, okay, we're not going to rebuke. We're gonna we're gonna give you room to grow, mm-hmm. and we're not going to put you seven thousand feet up off the air on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. You might have one point five billion listens on Spotify, but in the church, we're not going to hold you up like a, a god or a superstar or an apostle because you're you're not you're new to the faith and you need to be discipled by someone right well and i think it, it, never going to happen but that's my right. sense well and i think that's the the bigger crime in the christian community is that there will be people who will who will get a hold of these men and because of their star status in the world they'll pull them in and they'll start giving them way more responsibility in the church than they can or should handle at this point. Um, instead of taking the time to get them to grow and develop in their faith and their walk and discipling them and truly bringing them along. Uh, I mean, unfortunately it, it happens all the time and it's, it's sad because again, we talk about what's the right thing here. Well, I mean, we need to, we need to be looking at the right in everything. What does scripture say when it comes to everything in terms of new believers, in terms of language, in terms of this, in terms of that, what does scripture actually say on these things? Um, and in those things that scripture is clear, which to me, scripture has a very clear cut stance on what we need to do with new believers, um, where, you know, them dropping language in their records, uh, I can, I can handle that. And if I can't, then I don't need to listen to their music. Yeah. I really think that, uh, Joe Thorne and, uh, and Fofo in an episode a couple years back dealt with this pretty well, this issue of language, um, on the Doctrine and Devo, uh, 
podcast, they were talking about context and something that had never even occurred to me was like, there are words that, that uh, husband and wife might say in a very intimate setting to each other right. that should not be uttered elsewhere. There are words that, you know, guys busting each other's chops and I could have, I could have said busted each other's, uh, right. uh, cojones or whatever, <laughs> you know, in a different setting and all the, it, 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 context matters. And it, yeah. and I think we have to be careful that we're not saying we're lenient with some people, but we're, you know, you know we're very careful around others. I know this so much better than anybody else, man. Uh, all pastors know this better than anyone else. Yeah. As soon as someone finds out you are a minister, you wouldn't believe how quickly their language changes. Yeah. I've been experiencing it for 15 years. It is crazy. Um, and I, I tell people, I'm like, you know what? You don't have to clean it all up. Just be yourself. The last thing any pastor wants is to see this, like, photoshopped, like, good boy version of you that's not really you yeah uh and at the end of the day i'd rather see warts and all um you know who and and you know he's not a rapper he's not a rapper but uh <laughs> bieber with is, is kind of the same thing there's there's all these things where we're like oh well i guess he isn't one of us as a culture right, right. and as a subculture and real quick to like kind of tear people down rather than saying I, we need a lot of people to pray for this person, not because he's more important than other people, but because a the temptation is a thousand times greater. Yeah, when everything you could ever want is a text away. Yeah, you can have everything. Whether I want a yacht right now, or I want you know three women to come down to my limo, or I want a mountain of cocaine, it doesn't matter. Right. Like, so the temptation is so much greater, but the potential for the for the reach of the gospel is infinitely, not infinitely, but but uh, it's far greater, right. certainly, exponentially greater than it would be for you or I. So we ought to be praying hard for all of these people um, when there's any movement spiritually where it looks like God might be working in a very unconventional way. Uh, let's let's get on that in prayer. Yeah, and and. If he's gonna, honestly, I, like, I, do you remember when Drum DMC uh, had their their album that was briefly sold in Christian bookstores? Yeah, it sounds vaguely familiar. It, it had the song. The, uh, the title track was "Down with the King." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which I thought was a great one as well. And CCM Magazine wrote a record uh, a review of it and said, uh, like, very tepidly, like, it's pretty good. It sounds like Run DMC. Yeah, there's some Christian-y stuff, but, you know, it's full of street language and things like that. Um, and I don't think there was anything maybe more uh, offensive than a, the H or D word that you might hear, you know, in a right. Disney movie. Right. Um, and, and maybe and maybe the N-word, which, you know, it's a it's whole other thing. Sure. Um, so at the end of the day, we're sitting here ready to lift them up while we knock them down. Yeah. How is that fair to anyone and how is that helpful to anyone? Yeah. Doesn't help the church, it doesn't certainly doesn't help them to lift them up like they're they're this amazing messianic figure and then the moment anything happens, knock them off the pedestal we put them on. Yeah. It makes me super sad. See now I'm getting sad. It's, it was supposed to let's switch topics. <laughs> this was supposed to bring me back up, man. Uh well, so the the one thing that I was going to say about that that I think I think the Christian community could just take a few notes from is, you know, you talked about the the language and things like that, you know, and you would get on your son for saying things like that. And I think I think, too, the Christian community can stand to learn a little bit about, um, you know, uh, age appropriate content. I mean, I would say the same thing if I had a young son about, you know, some of the movies that I watch. You know, there are, there are right. certain things that are age appropriate that I'm going to watch and not let my young son watch until they're old enough to be able to make those discerning things for themselves. And they're able to listen to that content and decide, you know what, I'm not going to listen to it because I think it um, affects me in a way that I don't uh, like. And I think it affects my walk in a way that I don't like versus – uh, the freedom to say, you know what, I can listen to it, and I'm not, I'm not forcing people to listen to it. You know, I listen to it with my headphones on or whatever, um, and and let let true freedom, not freedom to exploit or freedom to um, oppress one another, but true freedom, just kind of ring out and, and say, 
hey, this is this is okay in this setting with these people. In this setting, probably not so much, you know. And so I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to give an honest review or critique of something, but just being respectful of the fact that you know what, there are some people who disagree with you who may uh, enjoy it, and and they're going to see it, you know. I mean, Nathan and I went and saw uh, the It movie. Uh, the second part of it and we did a review of it yesterday that's something that I know you are not going to go see you told me as much it and looks so, so stupid dude and so but it's it's the ability to say hey you know what I'm going to go do this and it's okay in this setting but I'm not going to do it over here because it's not okay in this setting um, and so I think as believers we could do a better job at at making those distinctions and putting those things out there instead of just this this blanket, oh, this is great, yay, and then as soon as something happens, go, tearing it all down and being like, no, get rid of it. Um, yeah, well, I'm, a big part of it, I think, is that you have to be careful. It, we're warned of this several times in the New Testament, not to turn freedom into license. Sure. Um, and I, I think that that's a question that is rarely asked anymore because our society, our Christian culture, is it's all if it's not fundamentalist. I mean, we, there's no, there's you know, there, there's huge disparity in the middle now. There's there's no middle class, so to speak. Uh, it's either you're fundy or you are like really worldly. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's a, it's hard to to find people that don't really err, uh, kind of almost flauntingly in one direction or the other. but So I, I think it's worth asking with anything like that. Like, is this really Christian liberty or am I turning it into license mm-hmm. uh, to, to uh, go ahead and sin yet more that grace may abound? Uh, and and that's, I mean, going to see it, there's, there's not anything in that that's going to be blatantly sinful. I think if you're talking about, I mean, other than... Uh, the fact that, from my understanding, it's way worse than the first one. So, like, for example, my my father used to uh, cover my eyes if there were, like, skin that came up on the screen, right? And he yeah. would fast forward. Um, and then one time, I remember him, like, handing over the remote to my mom. Mm-hmm. And he was closing his eyes, too, because what was on the screen wasn't just inappropriate for little Zach, but wasn't something that a, a follower of Jesus should put in front of his face at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have uh, come into my eyes to put no worthless thing before my eyes. So like that kind of idea. Um, but then the age appropriate, you know, if, if you say any time you would cover your child's eyes, it's hypocritical to keep your eyes open. That's just stupid. And you know who put it really, really well was Greg Dutcher who's not here right now, I don't think. I was pausing to see if you would I know, see if he would pop in there. <laughs> you never know. Uh, but the first time I ever listened to this podcast was the Breaking Bad episode. Yeah. And there was a brief discussion of, like, there's some rough stuff in it, and, you know, should a Christian podcast even be reviewing it, or is that encouraging people to, to you know, watch something sinful? And he said, you know what I tell people? I tell them there's all sorts of things I don't let my kids do that I do. Right. I don't let my kids drink alcohol. I don't let my kids have sex. Right. <laughs> I remember laughing out loud. I literally remember, like, I was I was uh, doing laundry, and I remember like stopping, like putting stuff in the and laughing. Oh my gosh, it's kind of that's kind of brilliant. Like because it's it's so extreme to say to somebody who 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 is like, well, if it's not you know rated G, why would a Christian watch it? Right. Well, much of life isn't rated G, but we protect our children from it until we've equipped them to deal with it. Right. And uh, that's that's a, all right, that's all I have to say on that topic. <laughs> what no, you don't know I, is that uh, I had a small breakdown where I couldn't even think my way out of a paper bag, but Nathan Nathan deleted that part because he's a solid guy. <laughs> no, and I think I think that's exactly right is that uh you know, there is so many things that you're right. We don't want to use uh, our freedom as license. We don't want to use our freedom as a stumbling block. Um, and I think I think you brought up the other extreme as well. You know, we don't want to we don't want to be so imprisoned by everything um, that 
you know, we're, we're afraid to let new believers grow in Christ, you know, and that we're jumping on them for every little thing. Because I think in some of these issues where there are freedoms, you know, even the weaker brother, if they are not being directly affected by it, just needs to kind of shut their mouth and let it be. Um, you know, the weaker brother who has an issue with drinking doesn't need to be going out there telling people they need to stop drinking. The weaker brother needs to not drink and they need to inform the brothers and sisters that they're around that they have an issue with this. And so for the sake of the relationship, for the sake of not um, being tempted into sin, would you please not do that? Um, but but they don't need to get online and blast everyone who, who enjoys drinking. Um, you know, and so I think... I think there is a tendency, though, because the access to the Internet is so great that the weaker brother has now been universalized into everything. Um, and I also think the, the ability for those um, who are not weaker have been able to license everything. Um, you know, And so I think just using that fine line of, all right, does this violate what Scripture – says first and foremost what scripture is clearly saying and if no does it violate my conscience and if no then okay i'm free to do this no 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 then if no will this cause someone else to stumble right but but i was kind of lumping that in i was lumping that in with what scripture clearly says because scripture clearly says your conscience first i mean is this going to cause me to sin Mm mm-hmm is its own question, and the way to to answer that is the way I understand the scriptures. Am am I violating any of its commandments or prohibitions? Mm-hmm. And after that, you get a lot looser. Uh, is this going to cause someone else to stumble? It may without violating or even or even elbowing up to um, the the prohibitions and and commandments in scripture. And I don't want to make anybody stumble. At the end of the day, though, if you are a supposedly mature Christian and you're using that uh, passage about make no offense as your uh, control everybody mechanism, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to fall for it. I'm going to call you on it and say if you're really the weaker brother, that you're, you're admitting to me you're not mature in the faith. Right, right. Yeah. So let's uh, let's move into the other topic because it was interesting when when I texted it to you and then you texted me back and um, I I agree and actually that's not really where I was going with it so the topic was kind of like hey why don't we talk about um, <laughs> I was just being contrary because I was in a terrible mood <laughs> oh man oh man that's hysterical. So the topic was kind of like uh, the the relationships that um, we have specifically with our wives. Things like you know date nights. What you know? How, what do you do? How do you handle it when you get into um, the minor arguments? What do you do when you get into the major arguments? Uh, how do you how do you reconcile that? How do you uh, make peace? Um, and then you texted back and you were like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, people who say that, you know, marriage is work. What what was it you said? (laughs) You said, I want to talk about how we work on our marriages. Yeah, yeah. And I said, just so you know, I don't want to be annoying when we start this thing. (laughs) But anytime someone tells me like, oh, well, marriage is hard work. You really have to work on it. I I just say, that's not my experience. To me, marriage is a respite from hard work. It's a place and a a relationship and a wonderful relationship. core part of my life where I can lean on my wife and she on me and uh, we we instead of further deplete each other we recharge each other yeah I don't know it's, it's, it's one of my pet peeves when when people say as a truism well marriage is is work you got to work hard on this work on it every day it's mm-hmm. not easy and I've been married for 19 years I'm not coming out the gate as you know you know I'm six a months in and I'm still in the honeymoon period right right well, and that's the thing. I mean, I've been married. Uh, we just celebrated 15 years. And so I was kind of thinking, oh, this this might be an interesting one to do because I know we've done the pastor's wives one before, but I don't know that we've ever really done something 
like this before, so I thought it might have been a good bookend topic to do and 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 discuss and talk about. Uh, I know one of the things that uh, drives me nuts is when people talk poorly about their spouses. Oh, and, yes. You know, just oh, she's always nagging me. She's always on my back, and I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't have that experience. I'm sorry, like I cannot. And I don't want to be the to, guy listening, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's man, it is rough hearing that. Um, and I think at the same time, while it's rough hearing that, I'm also just praising God that I don't have that experience because I I could not imagine what my life would be like if I did. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, I, I don't want to discount the people who tell me marriage is hard work. I'm not saying it's not for them or it doesn't have to be, or you're making something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just saying when I hear people say that as a truism, as though it's always true, yeah. I really don't relate. Now yeah. I do encourage people to prioritize their marriage. Yeah. And I think maybe that's often what people mean when they say marriages work, if you are very self-obsessed and wrapped up in yourself and you, you, what you want to do and your goals and, and your hobbies and everything, and, and I say, listen, you've got to share your life with this person. That means sacrificing certain things that you would rather not do and doing things you know, that you would ra- sacrifice things you'd want to do and doing things. And, and they go, oh, well, that sounds like work. Okay, now we've just got to you know, difference in terms. Right. Because to cut, you know, that's, that is part of marriage. Um, prioritizing the other and, and starting to think immediately once you're married, no longer in terms of me, but of us, of we, uh, and if that sounds like work, probably don't get married. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I was thinking about this too. I really, I don't think it's any more, work than any other really strong relationships I have with people. Uh, the mm. people that I'm very close with, I, I want to spend time with them. I want to uh, get together with them. I get frustrated when we make plans and they have to be canceled. And you know, I want to be around those people. It's the same thing with my wife. I want to be around my wife. Uh, it's frustrating when we make plans and they get canceled. And, uh, you know, and so to me, I, I feel like people tend to separate and, and segregate the marriage in some ways and like, oh, well, all these other things have to happen. And I, I kind of view some of that stuff as, well, all these other things get to happen. But at the same time, it's this is something, this is a relationship I want to be in. Nobody's, you know, mm-hmm. nobody right. pulled me down the altar kicking and screaming. And I think, I, I think to a certain extent, that's another realization that people sometimes might not come to is, you know, nobody, nobody forced you down the aisle. Um, but I mean, it could have been a mistake. It could have been a youthful indiscretion. It could have been pressure because of, uh, a, because of a youthful indiscretion and sure. there's a child in the picture, or it could be that one or the other or both have changed now. Mm-hmm. And so in that situation, suddenly you can find yourself, okay, now this is going to take some work. Um, this, you know, when you see the thing start to unravel, putting a marriage back together, that is insanely hard work. And I've walked with some people through that. Some were successful, some that were not and said, it's just too much work. The cost benefit analysis doesn't, doesn't come out in the wash. We're just going to give up on it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know what I just saw today that there's a new, I don't remember those brothers who like own a mega church or something. And then they have like a sub uh, uh, city area that's a Christian movie mill, um, and they're gonna have uh, Kirk Cameron in another movie. And I was like, oh boy! And it's like uh, Kirk Cameron hasn't been in a movie since Fireproof. And right. I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about Fireproof and what a huge deal that was in certain corners of the church. Yeah, people hated that movie because the acting honestly was horrible, except for. Uh, our little growing pain who's actually really good. Right. Dude, he he, he can hold his own acting. He can hold a scene together, but it was, everyone else was like, you know, just sign up with Maude in the back room, you know, if right. you want to be in the movie. But uh, that movie, apart from being corny, I felt like was a, a pretty inspiring 
uh, story. Yeah. This idea where he came when he comes to faith. Yeah. He realizes denying myself is kind of a lifestyle. Yeah. And I am com- commanded to choose to love my wife. Yeah. And what that looks like is me uh, showing her love, honoring her, uh, and making sacrifices for her and putting her uh, ahead of myself. And so everything she threw his way because she hadn't changed. Yeah. He returned it with, with love. And it, at the end, people complain because they're like, oh, that was so rosy. Everything worked out. That's not how it is in real life. And I'm like, dude. I've seen that in real life. Yeah. It doesn't work out that way in real life because 99% of the time, neither party is willing right. to actually deny themselves. Right. Well, in the, you know, the cool thing about um, Kirk Cameron, we were just talking about, you know, uh, the idea of, you know, not violating your conscience, not violating scripture. One of the things that uh, I was uh, watching in an interview with him is, he refuses to kiss anyone right. on screen other than his wife. Yeah, they flew his wife in for the kissing yeah. scene and they backlit him in silhouette. Yeah. Begging the question. No, that's that's actually misusing that phrase. Raising the question, why didn't they just have his wife, who is a professional actress, right, play that in. role? <laughs> <laughs> if she was if she was gonna kiss they would have had obviously better on screen chemistry in that they've produced children and been together and love each other. Right. Uh, they're both <laughs> veteran actors who've been in the guilds and on TV for decades why not just have her play the role but yeah how cool is that man i mean do you think less of somebody if they you know they're a professional actor and they kiss a woman that's not there i kind of do i get though how most people say you know that's not romantic it's not sexual it's the least sexy thing in the world to film a scene where you're like kissing somebody and there's a million cameras around and i don't know either way if that would be sin for him Good on him. Like I, 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 I got nothing but respect for for Kirk Cameron and his wife, and they run Camp Firefly and yeah, do that way of the master and all that. Yeah, they're 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 good people. Yeah, and and you know it's just, but again, it's it's what you you were talking about. I mean, think about think about the people who who talk about the idea of you know these Hollywood actresses and actors who you know they're they're constantly kissing and and other stuff on screen like necking I, were yeah, you thinking I mean, like, necking but you didn't want to say necking that's, that's right <laughs> that's exactly what came to my mind zach i'm glad you said it and not me <laughs> that's like the time i said it's become a running gag now but on the gut check podcast i said vd <laughs> That and necking seem to be from about the same era. I'm an old man. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Yes, but that are always doing these things on camera. Yeah, but but look how many of them are. Their relationships are broken up. I mean, oh yeah, you know, oh, yeah. and and how many of them are are often running off with their co-stars from this movie because they had all this chemistry and on scene, you know? And it's like, you know, if this guy's been around Hollywood for forever, which he has, and knows this stuff, man, I'm gonna stay as far away from that as possible yeah like you said good on him i mean way to right well i mean he grew up with alan thick around which means he probably grew up with robin thick around right look what direction that guy's life went because he didn't put the brakes on the way the world will push you and the thing is too like think about somebody like hold on i'm gonna sneeze no i'm not yes i am i'm looking to a light does that work for you my wife thinks it's crazy now it's not working for me today um think about somebody like caviezel yeah. Who has said, A, it, it cost him jobs that he wouldn't do a sex scene. Yep. Um, and B, it has cost him a lot of jobs that he came out and did this very blatantly pro-Jesus movie. Right. <laughs> uh, and then somebody like even Kurt Cameron, and you're, it's easy to say, no one was going to go from Growing Pains and become a huge star. Oh, really? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio started on Growing right. Pains. <laughs> and honestly, I'm not going to say Kurt Cameron's Leonardo DiCaprio's level of acting, because he's not. Right. But back when Growing Pains was on, he was a better actor. So, right. I mean, had he been given these opportunities, but he gave up a lot of roles, I'm sure, because he wouldn't kiss another woman. Yeah. He made sacrifices for his marriage. Yep. And he gave up a lot of roles because he was just, everyone knew he was a quote-unquote loony Christian. Right. And yeah. so he made sacrifices for his savior. And if you're not willing to do both, I mean, yeah, in, in some sense, those are both work. Yeah. Right. 
you you work on yourself when you go out and ride your bike, even if you love riding your bike. You're doing work on yourself, but it doesn't hardly seems like work. On its best day, whatever you do for a living, on its best day, if you're called to do it, doesn't feel like work, but it's work. Sure. And marriage, I guess, as long as you're working on it together, mm-hmm. you're already with your best friend and you're laughing half the time. It doesn't seem like work. Um, it's it's the best kind of work. It's the kind of work we were created to do before thorns and thistles and stuff yeah. entered into the picture. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, Joy and I often um, often look at each other and it's like I, I – you know, in the good and bad, ups and downs, there's no one else I'd rather be, you know, in this with than you. Um, because, you know, in the midst of the most uh, disastrous situations, you know, we turn around and we lean on each other. We cry with one another. But even in the midst of all that, we're laughing with one another, too. And, the, you know, there's very few people that um, I, I mean, even very few of my friends that I have the temperament to, to be able to handle life situations with. Um, and so having my wife to be able to do that with is, is just amazing. And I can't, again, I can't picture doing that with anyone else. Isn't it funny how like you can be, you, you can be even like couples, best friends, you know what I mean? Like you have that couple and then you travel together for a week and a half Yeah, and you're like, this has to end because we're all going to murder each other. Yes. And yet somehow the way God made us to, to be a man and a woman together for life, we, I mean, occasionally, yeah, if you're stuck together on a long car trip or whatever, but no end date to this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yet we are continually going to live together and, in, and, and by God's grace, you know what, the, the things about my wife that could drive me crazy and vice versa, they're kind of cute. And, you know, they're the things – it's like that scene in Goodwill Hunting when he's saying all the stuff – you know, that was the best stuff, this mm-hmm. you know, goofy stuff. Um, it, it's, it's awesome that God has made us to complement each other that way. And I think it's, it's not work insofar as recognizing that we were created not to fulfill each other's needs. Yeah. But to together approach the God who – can fulfill our needs, you yeah. know, and, and so when Christ is at the center, it doesn't mean there'll be no work. It doesn't mean that there aren't marriages that struggle. It doesn't mean that marriages that have ended, it's because the husband or, and or the wife was a, a bad Christian and should have been a better Christian. But those are the exceptions. Don't, don't yeah. define anything by the exceptions. Yeah. The rule is when people come together with Christ at the center, those marriages, even the most cynical person has to acknowledge those marriages are stronger. Yes. And and when someone says, well, in the church and outside of the church is the same divorce rate. How bad of a witness is that? No, no, no. Start doing some digging. Look at people who say that Jesus Christ is central to their lives. Not people who say, Oh, I'm a Christian or I attend church. Their marriages are so much stronger. Yeah. And, and following Jesus is, I mean, I I don't want to ever downplay the gift of signal this. I just don't have it. Right. Um, you know, when I was in Israel for 11 days, I'm on the phone with my wife and I'm, I'm like, she's like, dude, are you crying? It's like day four. I'm like, no, I'm not crying. I'm just, <laughs> uh, I'm still jet lagged. Like literally. I mean, I, right. I'm, I'm a mess without her. Right. I'm not God. crying. You're crying. <laughs> dude, how do you do? How do you do being away from the missus? Um, pretty. So I am not a phone person. Uh, I miss when she's not here, but I'd rather just her be away and do her thing and then come back and we're together to me. I cannot stand the phone. And so when she's away and she calls me, I'm like, you know, she calls, how was your day? I was good. I mean, you know, I got up, I went to work and (laughs) came home and like there's just, I, I just, I hate the phone that much that there's nothing to really talk about. And so uh, I just kind of let gonna her dig into the fact that you and I have been on the phone now for an hour. <laughs> Nathan, do you love me more than you love your wife? <laughs> Zach, you complete me. Um... <laughs> oh man! <laughs> name of the app. Name of the app. <laughs> What's that? 
Oh, Zach, you complete me? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) We got it. You complete me, and I'm picturing (laughs) the guy doing the sign language right now. Oh, man. That's what... All right, we got it. We got it. Um, But no, I, I, I really do. I... There... And I'll be totally honest. There are times where I am very uh, thankful when we are when we are apart. Like there's there's times where it's like Joy and I have very different tastes in movies. Uh, I am I, I'm a video gamer. I love to video game. She doesn't. Uh, and so when she's away for a couple days, and I can bust out the game system, I can bust out the movies that I want to watch. Uh, it's great, but. That stuff is temporary because it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. And yeah, it's like I I want my wife back. I want to be able to talk to her. I want to be able to tell her how the day was. I want her to tell me how her day was. I want us to be together again. Just not on the phone. Seriously, just not on the phone. Dude, this is this is how much of a phone person I am not. Um, and, and I come by it honestly because my mother is not a phone person. My mother and I will go for four months without talking to each other, not because we're like angry or bitter or anything like that, but because we're not phone people. And when we do get on the phone, it's a 10-minute conversation at best. Anything new? No, not really. Just wanted to call and say, hey, oh, okay, cool. Anything new with you? No, not really. Okay, well, I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Literally, you know how you get around that, dude. What's that? You know how you get around that? How's that? Start a podcast with your wife, start a podcast with your mom. Dude, you think Ted Cluck and I would spend as many hours talking to each other as we do if we didn't have a podcast? It would actually be weird if we did. But that podcast That's it, right. it, uh, it authenticates, uh, validates the the phone conversations, um, and you, you know... You only put half of what you say to each other on the podcast proper. You get to have those long conversations without feeling weird about it. You forget you're on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) True story. (laughs) Considering we've been on for almost an hour. (laughs) Dude, yeah. I got to go get the boy. My kid, dude, is uh, he's taking the test on Saturday for the second degree black belt. Nice. Which sounds like it's the second black belt, but it's really the third one because the first one's got no degree, I guess. I don't know. Um so this guy, he's he's uh, he's killing it. That's and awesome, man. So I told him I would bring him to uh, the new Mexican restaurant that opened right by our house. Sweet, good deal, you have, man. You have that uh, damned um, location near your home where there's been like nine things in it and nobody can survive there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We, that's where this is. So we want to hurry up and get a meal and get before it, it before it closes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. We're going to go ahead. We will sign off. I just want to remind people to please uh, shoot us up an iTunes review when you get a chance. I uh, want to start remembering to uh, do that again. I noticed we had two two new iTunes reviews. We'll read those next week. But, Zach, this was a great conversation, and we just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11.